Hey everyone, I am so glad to have you back on another episode of the Ancient Health Podcast. Disclaimer for today, we are going in on emotions and traumas. So grab a matcha or a mushroom coffee, whatever it is, we are going there. And I promise it's not going to be painful. You're actually going to get some really cool tips and tricks. In this episode, I even pushed an imaginary boulder as an exercise. So if you want to learn all about that, make sure you listen through the episode. So if you've ever heard of trauma responses and emotional fatigue, like you've heard all this language, but maybe you're like, I don't really know what that means, then this episode is for you. You will know the feeling of stress if you're somebody that maybe has anxiety, like you're driving in your car, your brain is racing, maybe you have a really hard time being still, or you're just anxious around your day-to-day schedule because if one person adds something else to your plate, everything is going to implode. Is it just me? It's me. All right, come on, somebody. It can't just be me, right? So today's guest is with Dr. Amy Apigian, and she's going to help us differentiate between short-term stress responses and patterns of trauma response. And it's really important that we understand how to differentiate these two because they can present in various symptoms in our physical bodies. So without addressing them, we can just run circles around health problems year after year. So Dr. Amy is a leading medical expert. She knows all about how life experiences get stored in the body and how to restore the body to its best state of health. And she does this through her own signature model and methodology, which we break down on this episode. She's also a double board certified medical physician in preventative medicine and addiction medicine and certified functional medicine practitioner. Are y'all ready for this? All right, let's do it. Dr. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation. We were just talking about how relevant this is to people's healing journey, talking about stored trauma in the body. And I think it can get a little gray, maybe a little we don't really understand. Like, it just kind of seems like it's something that makes sense, but how does it really, how does that really like play out in real life? Like, what do you do about the traumas in your body? So I want to let you set the stage for us and tell us just, you know, a brief rundown of where you've been, kind of why this is your passion project and bring us up to speed on what you're all about and who you are in this incredible work that you're doing. So I actually started a very traditional conventional medicine training and it wasn't until I was in the middle of medical school and I was just finishing up my master's in biochemistry when I had a little bit of space and I decided to become a foster parent. I jumped through all of those hoops, had that phone call that you will never forget. And Miguel showed up in my life as a four-year-old and with a lot of history that I had everything needed in order to rise above his childhood. I knew that my love would help him feel loved, feel lovable, and open his heart up and he would shine and be able to live the rest of his life knowing and feeling loved. And that's not what happened. And actually, the more that I loved him, the more he pushed me away. And I did not understand this at the time. And so I threw myself into learning about attachment and then I guess attachment trauma. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out as a mom now, I'm trying to figure out what is going on in this kid's brain and how do I help him? Because I was very clear that I wanted to have him experience some happiness in his childhood. I did not want him to get the end of his childhood and not have had that healing. So I knew that I was up against the clock and it, I didn't 
have the luxury of just doing what didn't seem to be working because I wanted him to experience happiness in several years of his childhood. And so what I learned started to contradict a lot of what I had thought and a lot of what I had been taught. And it wasn't until after actually he had his healing experience six years later and And then I'm in general surgery residency and then I get very sick and my body breaks. I can't get out of bed and I am overweight. I'm on two mood medications to help me with depression and anxiety. People are telling me that I'm stressed, that I'm burnt out, that I've been working for so long and so hard as a resident, which all made sense to me. And that's what I had been taught as well. But then when my body was not getting better, that really scared me because I did not want this to be the rest of my life. I wanted to be out there on my bike. I wanted to be out there hiking in the mountains. I was not willing to settle that this would be the rest of my life. So I threw myself into figuring out now my own body. But what clued me in was that in part of my studies with my son, I had studied attachment trauma. I had studied the adverse childhood experiences, looking at the role of stress in childhood and that connection with adult disease. And every single symptom and condition that I was having was linked to childhood stress or what you could call childhood trauma. And yet I looked back at my childhood and I did not see trauma. If this had been my son, I would have been like, well, it's kind of expected, which means that there's not really anything we can do about it. But because it was me and I did not have that kind of history that my son had had, it made me start to question things and ask like, why, why me? And I must be missing something in the picture because if my body looks like one of the people who had a really rough childhood, then what am I not understanding here that my body would still be having that same response? And so that's what threw me into them. Understanding the difference between stress and trauma completely blew my mind. Then is it even possible to change these patterns as an adult, as a kid, you know, Hey, they haven't been operating in your, in your operating system of your body for that long, but I'm talking decades now. Like I, this happened when I was 31, this has been three decades of my body operating on a certain program. Can I really, truly reverse that? Or am I just going to have to manage these symptoms the rest of my life? That's what I started studying. And at the time, I'm still a general surgery resident. I have not changed my career yet. (laughs) And it wasn't until I started learning all this stuff and piecing it together and realizing that this this is huge. Like This is changing my life on a much greater degree than I even expected. I didn't know that life could be this wonderful. I didn't know that my body could have this level of aliveness and presence. And it's like, well, then I want more. I want more. I wonder what else is possible because I know that my work's not done. And so it eventually led me to choose to become a trauma, attachment, addiction, physician, left surgery, became board certified in preventive medicine and addiction medicine, and now have been able to really just lean into this biology of trauma. And it allows me to help people accelerate their trauma healing journey so that they're also not stuck 
either in therapy for years or also seeing a bunch of different doctors for years because we can get to the true root cause and, and understand it and know what are the leverage points that we can use to change it no matter how old a person is. I think of stress and trauma and I want you to differentiate these two because in my mind, like I'm thinking stress is something that's just a present day, something that we're up against that is our, something our body and our nervous system is having to manage. Trauma is something that has happened in the past, maybe as a result of chronic stress or the presence of some stress. But I don't think we really differentiate them. I think that we use them interchangeably. And we think that a lot of times the traumas are like permanent scars on our life. Can you just break that down first? Because I, I feel like that's something that I personally feel like I need to understand better. I know that it holds value and weight, but I don't even, I feel like it's one of those elusive things that I'm just like, I can't quite pin it down. And if I can't understand it, then I know I'm not going to have any, any action that I can take from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking my language because when I, as a medical physician, when I look at people walking into a hospital, walking into a clinic, walking into a doctor's office, and they are being diagnosed, if you want, with stress, being told that they have chronic stress and that they need to go do stress management. And yet I'm looking at them being like, no, like you are dealing with a trauma response in your body. That stress management ain't going to work. It's not going to work because stress needs a very different support than a trauma response. One of the most easy ways to differentiate the difference between stress and trauma is if I were to give you a rock right now. And by a rock, I mean a boulder. I can see that you're fit. You probably work out, right? So I'm going to give you a boulder and I'm going to ask you to hold it above your head. So hold that boulder above your head. And if you're listening, just go ahead and hold that boulder above your head. And as you're holding it up, like, I want you to start to feel like, Ooh, this is a heavy rock. This is hard. And that's the stress response. The stress response are things that are hard, but we can do them. We're taking action. We're energized. We're leaning into it. We're actively problem solving. That is the stress response. When you think of the animal kingdom, it's when an animal is actively running. Mm. They, they are high energy. They're taking action. And so for humans, it's the same thing. It's when we are in action. It's when we are in movement. It's when we are taking action, not to just stay busy, but to actually solve the problems in our life. So if you're still holding up this boulder, that is the stress response. And you can start to feel yourself like wiggle around and try to find the best angle to hold this rock up because you're, you need to hold it up. The minute, and I want to say the moment that that boulder becomes too heavy or you've been holding it just for too long and you can't hold it up anymore, the boulder crushes you. That is the trauma response. And now what do you feel? Ooh, you no longer have energy. Your energy immediately just went away. You're no longer looking to see how you can figure out the problem. You're just in a collapse. You don't, you don't care anymore. And it's not that you truly don't care anymore, but you don't have the energy to care anymore. Your body literally goes into the state of overwhelm and things shut down. Your digestive system shuts down. Your breathing can slow down. Everything goes into a state of conserving energy 
And that's the trauma response. The stress response is I'm using up energy. Oh my goodness. Like I am using up energy. I am high energy. In fact, it's the highest energy state that we have. And this is why some people will actually intentionally stress themselves out. We call them adrenaline seekers, right? But they will intentionally stress themselves out because they feel most alive when they are stressed. That trauma response is when we feel flat. We feel dead. We feel numb. We feel like we're just going through the motions. We don't have our joy. We don't have meaning and purpose. We're just going through the motions. Everything feels overwhelming. Everything feels hard. I don't even want to open that email because I feel like it will open up a new problem and I don't have the energy for that problem right now. That's the trauma response. And so the difference between stress and trauma is really the energy state of the body. And are you still holding up that rock? Are you still energized by it? Are you still leaning in? Are you still taking action? Or have you given in? Have you given up? And that trauma response can happen for a few minutes or it can happen for a few hours or it can happen for days. And then we can kind of go into this state, the longer that those patterns play out, we can go into where we're chronically living in a trauma response. We're still high functioning. We're still getting stuff done. No one else knows how we feel inside, which is part of the problem because then we start to feel very disconnected from other people and like, they don't really understand me. Well, how can they, right? Like you're hiding that part of you that feels completely overwhelmed by life. And so- We can go through life and be very high functioning. And yet inside our body is still chronically in this. I'm just going through the motions. I'm just getting through. Everything feels hard. Trauma response. Wow. What I'm hearing too, the first thing that comes to mind is this. It's a shift in the nervous system in the body of the biology, but then the way that we're conditioned to look at the body from a conventional standpoint is you're clinically now depressed, like where the stress was something that, Hey, you know, you had all these things present in your life and your body adapted for a short period of time. Like it's supposed to, that's a protective mechanism that your body has built into it. But then when it lasts too long and the brain and the body say, this isn't sustainable, then all of a sudden the same things that you were able to manage now are crushing you, but now we can diagnose it maybe as depression because the only thing that you can really identify maybe is just that your mood or the way that you feel about your circumstances has changed. So is that really, like, what is it for somebody that maybe feels like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I lost that joy. Like you described, like I'm, my situation is relatively the same, but the way that I feel about my life is different. Is that how you know that you've got a trauma response or you are in this state of, of being, you know, having a trauma response? There are three ways to know that you're in a trauma response. One would be your body sensation. So you feel the heaviness. It just, it feels hard to move. You don't want to get off of the couch. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Your your body feels heavy. You have to exert more energy to move. It can be also where your natural posture is more slumped. 
where your body will naturally just not want to hold itself up because it, it needs to conserve energy. So it will let itself collapse. And you may notice yourself kind of going into that shame posture without even realizing it. Then we can look at the thoughts. So there are certain thoughts that will happen when we are in a trauma response. And those are thoughts of, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. I just want to give up. So we can look at the thoughts and by our thoughts know like, Ooh, (laughs) Oh, that's a thought. That's a trauma response thought. And then the third way is by our actual physical health and our physical health condition. So there are certain health symptoms and conditions that are strongly associated with the trauma response. Anything related to chronic inflammation is the trauma response. So stress actually shuts down inflammation. And that's a misconception because even I was taught in medical school that, oh, stress causes inflammation. No, it actually doesn't. In fact, when you are having a flare-up of inflammation, for example, if you have asthma or uh, an autoimmune condition and you're having a big flare-up, you go in and what do they give you? They give you a form of cortisol. They give you a form of stress to shut the inflammation down. So it's not the stress that actually causes inflammation. It's the trauma response that causes this chronic inflammation. So all of your chronic inflammation-based symptoms, conditions, autoimmunity for sure, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, depression. These are all symptoms, physical health symptoms that when we see a person struggling with these, we know that their body is in a trauma response. And for me, when I was going through my journey, I was so used to living in my head. I was so used to studying everything and thinking about everything. I was very disconnected from my body. So if you had asked me, well, what does your body feel? I, I, I don't know what I would have told you, but I was definitely not aware of my body sensations to the degree that I could use that to know, oh, my body's just gone into a trauma response. Obviously with the work that I've done, I'm much better connected with my body. So what I started to use were my physical health symptoms. And when my digestive system was off, when I had the bloating, when I had the brain fog, when I had these inflammation-based symptoms that were happening in real time, that's when I knew, oh, my body has gone back into the trauma response. Something has overwhelmed it again. When did I feel that moment of panic of, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And I could usually trace it back and be like, oh, yeah, that was the moment. But this is so much a part of our daily life that we just go through these experiences, not realizing the impact that they're having on our health, that that just put me into a trauma response. And this is the result of that trauma response. It has now just turned on all the inflammation. It has shut down my gut, shut down my ability to absorb nutrients well. It's triggered brain inflammation. It has all these consequences. And yet this is so much a person's daily life to constantly have that thought and that response of, Ooh, I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. So when we talk about symptoms, like you just said, cause that's usually the starting point. That's when people start to perk up because all of a sudden now these symptoms, you know, with possible diagnosis, like they're interrupting our lives. Like it's a problem. And because now, you know, where things were probably our plate was full to begin with. Now we have the disruption of these symptoms that are just incredibly aggravating and frustrating to deal with. 
And if they're correlated or there's some connection to these traumas, like what are we doing by just bypassing the trauma, putting a Band-Aid on the symptom? I mean, I feel like we're creating almost like this volcano of that's going to erupt of everything kind of imploding at some point. So, I mean, it seems like if the symptoms are a byproduct and result, a lot of times of these different traumas, like what do we need to be doing or how, how do we need to be going about addressing them? And like, what does it look like? I guess that might even be a better place to start too. Like what does stored traumas other than just like these physical expressions of symptoms, like what is it doing to organ systems? Like how, why is it that some people have certain symptoms over another? I'm like now unloading all of these questions on you. (laughs) So maybe you can just put them in an order that makes sense, but it's just triggering me to think about so many things in a different way, because this is not the way that we treat people, you know, in, in just the way that our, we, and we know this, you know, we talk about this on every single episode. This is not, this is not the mindset of our culture. Um, but I think that understanding why and where these things are stemming from is it's absolutely paramount. It's foundational. We have to, we have to be able to unpack that and find the root before we can start to take steps to heal. Absolutely. And so what I see is what I call a trauma burden on the body. And so depending on how much burden is on your body, almost how much weight is it carrying with that burden that will determine your progression through this journey and the breaking point for your body. I reached my breaking point at 31. Some people reach their breaking point earlier, right? Like I'm thinking of Kelsey and she's one of the people who came through my 21 day journey. I did not know this about her before she came in. This is all things that she told me afterwards, but she had a childhood where her mom was an alcoholic. Now she looks back at her childhood. She also would never have called it trauma, but given the dynamics of her family, the instability of the family, the the mood instability, and the fact that then her mom would become very controlling would tend to shut her down. And, sh- and so by the time she was a teenager, by the time she was 15, she felt like she had lost her voice. She didn't have a voice. And then by age 22, she's being diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So we can see that for her, the combination of the experiences, the combination of how severe those experiences were, and then the combination of not only genetics, but actually epigenetics. And then that unfolds for each person very unique in their body to determine what will be their specific conditions that emerge and when will they emerge. But one thing is clear that I've seen is that without addressing this trauma response pattern, the person will over time become more and more deep into that trauma response. And that will become more and more their daily life. When people are first starting out, what I see happen is that they go back and forth between stress and trauma response all in the same day. And the further you go, the more that trauma response becomes what state you are in during the day. So that at the very beginning, you may be going into the trauma response at the very end of the day after you've been stressed out all day. But then as we go along and you're still not addressing that trauma response, well, now you're also waking up in the trauma response. 
Now you don't want to wake up. Now you don't want to get out of bed. You wish that you could fall back asleep, pull those covers over your head and forget about the day because you're waking up already feeling overwhelmed for the day that hasn't even started. And what we have to do when that happens is we have to give ourselves the energy that we don't have in order to get out of bed, in order to pull ourselves out of that trauma response. And so many people will start to procrastinate. Many people will start to stay in bed as long as possible until they're up against a deadline. And oh my goodness, the kids are now going to be late. I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to piss my boss off. I'm going to be late on that project. And now they have the adrenaline to give them the energy that they didn't have because they woke up in the trauma response with no energy. And they may reach for caffeine. They may, they may reach for foods that give them energy, even though it's causing some type of allergic reaction or a sensitivity reaction, because with that histamine release, you're going to get a little burst of energy. Yeah. You're going to crash two hours later, but no worries, right? There's more caffeine and there's more food for when that happens too. And so literally all day long, we're playing this dance then of how do I stay up in the high energy? Because as soon as I relax, or as soon as I don't grab for that extra coffee, I feel myself being pulled into the heaviness into what feels just like exhaustion on a bone level. And that's also where people will experience, you know, just kind of sitting at their desk or sitting at home and their mind wanders. Like they're not really present. A person who is healthy, who has dealt with their trauma response, wherever they are, they are fully there. Mind, body, emotions, it's all there. And a person who's got this trauma response going on will find themselves at times mentally checking out, right? Even though they're physically present with you, their mind is somewhere else or their heart, their emotions are somewhere else. And people can feel that. People can feel like, I don't feel like I'm really connecting with you. I don't feel like you're really here. And a person can sometimes not even know what they're talking about because they're that disconnected that this has just become their normal. And they don't even know that a greater degree of presence, a greater degree of connection is possible within themselves and with others. And so then as we go along, if a person is still not addressing that trauma response, that trauma response just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger until they're not able to drink enough caffeine. They're not able to exercise enough. They're not able to stress themselves out enough to pull themselves out. And we start to see more and more physical health conditions. We see more diagnoses of chronic health conditions. And usually then that's the wake up call for people. And I wish that we could have a wake up call that would happen earlier. <laughs> yeah. Cause it seems like we get stuck in these cycles, like they're patterns and they're almost subconscious because our body's always adapting for us. And so we don't realize it. And we're moving so fast that Oftentimes we're not pausing to think like, maybe why, why do I feel like my head is in the clouds? Why, why do I feel completely disengaged? Because we don't have time to figure it out. We just, we need, we've got to move on to the next thing. So it's find the caffeine or, or like you said, it can be addictive. Stress can be addictive because that it's like cortisol, like you said, is anti-inflammatory and it's meant to like lift you up and give you this superhuman strength, this adrenaline, right? Because that's your body's response to make you very sensitive to things so that you can move, you can, you know, think really quickly, but it also diverts energy. We talk about this in Chinese medicine away from other organ systems. So 
forget your fertility hormones. Like those are going to go. I mean, your body is not trying to make any babies when this is happening. Um, and then so in digestion, even too, this is what people can just like, oh, I'm so sensitive to foods. Well, probably not the food, you know, it's your nervous system. Like your nervous system is like, it's absorbing every last bit of energy and you're staying in this, this fight or flight all the time. So how do we get out of these cycles? Because I know for one that I, like, I am like, this happens to me quite a bit. And so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do I, how do I even create space for this? What does the work look like that needs to be done? Like what, how are you coaching people through this or training, reconditioning their mind? Like forget even like action steps at this point. I think like we need an unlearning and a relearning of our bodies so that we can break the cycle because I think we're all experiencing symptoms as a result of being caught in this tug of war of stress and trauma response. And that's funny that you say that because I have started to call my work like the manual for the living body, because it really is not about trauma, right? Like trauma is, is something that, that happens as a result of our life experiences, but that's just because we don't know how to actually run this machine that we've been given. So it really is just coming back to the basics of like, this is, this is how you take care of your body. Like this is how it operates. This is how it runs. And here's the manual for it. So you can take good care of it. When we look at that trauma response, we need to be able to understand when we go into that and how we can pull ourselves out and then start working on preventing us from going in, going in when it's not really appropriate to go in, right? There are still times in life when you want that trauma response because it, it numbs you out. It, it numbs physical pain. It numbs emotional pain. So there are times when it is the healthy thing to do but we want to reserve it for those times when it's truly the healthy thing to do. We're going into it all the time because it's become a habit. It's become a pattern. It's just become our default. And so our body doesn't know anything different. There are two triggers for that trauma response, too much, too fast and too little for too long. And so we need to start addressing those categories in our life. Like what you said, we just run on such a fast paced schedule that we don't have the time. And so when we don't have the time and then one more thing is added to our plate, boom, there's the trauma response. And so understanding these things and me teaching you how to be able to sense where you are in your capacity and being sure that we are keeping ourselves underneath that, that line of going into overwhelm with enough buffer so that if one more thing gets added to my day-to-day -day that I wasn't planning on, it's not going to tip me over into the trauma response. I'm going to be able to stay in the stress response and lean into it and be like, all right, we've got a new problem. What can I do about it? But we need to create that buffer space so that it's there when we need it. So that's part of what we need to learn how to do. The other thing is that the freeze response, I, I use the freeze response, the trauma response, the freeze response, same thing. So that trauma response needs safety. It needs a felt sense of safety for it to finally be able to resolve. And we have not known how to create a felt sense of safety for ourselves, which is why our body stays stuck in that trauma response. And we go back into it all the time. When I talk to people, they don't even know what that means. <laughs> Give me this blank look like, what do you mean? What do you mean feeling safe? Like exactly. That's the problem because 
we haven't even known that we don't feel safe. This is just our normal. This is just all the, all the time we are used to feeling insecure and unsafe in the world. And so we don't know to question it and we don't know that it's supposed to be different. And so that's one of the most frequent comments that I get in the first week of the 21 day journey are people saying, I did not even know that I didn't feel safe because it's not until you feel it that you're like, yeah, no, I've never felt that before because we can talk about it all day long, but the mind can only operate on logic and historical memory. And so it's like looking through our database of memories, mean like safety, safety, safety. Yeah. I think I remember a time of safety, but that's what it's doing. Whereas the body, when we are able to connect with the body and create a felt sense of safety in the body, even for 30 seconds, which is where we started in the 21 day journey, very small baby steps, very small baby steps. And then the body is like, Oh my goodness. I thank you. Where, where has this been my whole life? And the mind is like, yeah, no, this is a new experience. <laughs> we, I've never, I've never known that this is what it meant to feel safe. People going through my 21 day journey, we, I've started to study them because this has been so fascinating to me. In just those 21 days, they experience a 60% increase in their felt sense of safety from day one to day 21. And as a result, they experience an increase in joy, 19% increase in joy. They experience a decrease in their digestive system pain and issues. They experience better sleep. They experience a 26% reduction in their pain levels every day, all from being able to create a felt sense of safety for themselves. And that's really important because the trauma response puts us into this place where we feel powerless right? We, we got overwhelmed. The, the boulder crushed us. What could I do? And I can't lift it back up. So we are naturally in this place of feeling powerless. And part of what we have to do is to learn that we can do so much of this for ourselves. We actually don't need someone else. We actually don't need to look to someone else to provide safety for us, to provide security for us. We need to know how to do this for ourselves. And that changes everything because now we can go into situations feeling safe, feeling secure, and it not be dependent on someone else in our life, but myself. And then I can connect with other people from that place of safety. And my goodness, the changes that happen in relationships just over the course of the 21 day journey, because I can feel safe. I'm thinking of Joanna and she was taking my 21 day journey. Again, I had no idea what was going on in her life beforehand. All I know is that in the third week, she messaged me and said, you know, I finally was able to reach out to a family member. I have not spoken to in over 10 years because now I know how to create a felt sense of safety for myself. And so I can keep myself safe. I don't need the other person to keep me safe. And they were able to make that reconnection. I mean, it's stuff that gives me shivers and goosebumps Yeah, because when, when you have these tools and skills, it changes everything in your life, in your relationships, in your career and in your physical health. Yeah. This is so interesting. What 
I'm curious to know, like, what do you feel like is that pivotal moment for people? If they're going through this journey and trying to understand what this feeling of safety is, like, is there, what is, is there a question? Is there a certain point where it's like, it sets off that aha moment? Like, now I get it. Now I'm seeing Like, what is that one piece? I'm sure it's a, there's a lot there if, if it's 21 days, but like, what's the one part? Like if somebody could be like, well, I kind of, I feel like, I feel like I need to, I need to access this more. I need to lean into this more. Like what's a question for them just to think about, to kind of mull over, to, to be like, maybe this is a missing piece for me. I point them back to their health and kind of like the downstream effects of not feeling safe. What, how are you waking up? Are you waking up feeling like you are in purpose? You are energized for your day? Or are you already seeing the world as a dangerous place and as life being hard? Mm. Because that's going to put us into this place where we're guarding ourselves. We're guarding our heart. We're guarding our energy. Yeah. And a lot of people can relate to that because we even schedule things or don't schedule things based on our energy levels because we're like, oh, I don't know how my body's going to do. Right. And, and we can feel like our body is what holds us back based on the energy levels, based on pain, based on inflammation, based on brain fog, based on all these physical health symptoms. And it's like, well, those are a direct result of your body, your nervous system communicating, I don't feel safe. And so even if those are not messages that you are consciously aware of, it's showing up in your body as your body does not feel safe. Is this a practice that you teach people every day that like to do every day. So, you know, meaning like, because I'm thinking there, there's so much here that has value, but I imagine that there's this learning and understanding, but then there's this putting it into practice where you've got to show up for yourself every day. Otherwise you're probably going to fall back into old patterns and habits. Do you see that with people? Probably. Of course you are. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) It's not just me then. (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. And that's, you know, I mean, we're talking about a pattern here that's been in play for decades in our bodies. Can we really expect it to just change overnight or change with something that we do once or for a week? right? Like we're talking about something that has been a well-established pattern for decades, just like we do with every other thing though, when we're working with the nervous system and changing a habit, changing a pattern, that consistency is key. And so I liken it to needing to be out in the garden and changing the direction that a tree is growing. And I don't know where, if, if there's high winds where you are, but sometimes, you know, here on the coast, there can be really high winds. And so you'll go to the coast and you'll see these trees that are literally growing sideways because the wind has blown so hard on them. And that's like us, right? Like life has hit us so many times that we're now just living sideways rather than growing up straight and tall, like we should be. And yet, if you go over to that tree And you're like, don't you know, you're supposed to be growing up, like just change your mindset, you know, do some affirmations or whatever it is that we, that we tell ourselves to do, but we go to that tree and we try to make that change immediately. We're going to break it. 
And this is a concept that I need people to understand that even in therapy, even doing good things, we can do too much too fast and cause a trauma response. If we're not feeling safe, if we're not feeling supported and we go to try to process therapy, we're going to actually cause a trauma response in our body because we're, we're not at the place where it feels like it can manage that. It can handle that. That's a stress, right? Like therapy is actually a stress. And if you're already stressed at the max or you're in overwhelm, your body's not ready for that. So people are trying to do just good things, but at the wrong time and in the wrong order. And so what we need to do is we need to go over to that tree. We need to start building in support and it needs to be consistent so that every day we're coming, we're checking on the tree, we're adjusting the support. So that it's just the right amount of support, not too little that it doesn't feel any support. And it's going to go right back to its pattern of growing sideways but yet not so much that it's going to break the branch. And so that's what we do for our nervous system. And that's why it's 21 days. The first seven days, the whole first week, I teach seven exercises that are short. The videos themselves are 10 minutes long, but once you know that exercise, they're 30 seconds to three minutes long of exercises that you do so that you're implementing this in your daily life. And that whole first week is creating a felt sense of safety because that's what that trauma response needs. The second week, I'm going to start teaching you what the stress response needs because when your body starts coming out of the trauma response, it's going to go into the stress response because that's how it got there. Now the stress response needs support. It doesn't need safety. The stress response needs support, a felt sense of support. And so those are the exercises then that I teach. And again, same thing. The, the videos themselves are 10 minutes long every day. But once you learn the exercise, I mean, you can just do it while you're working. You can do it while you're walking around. Like it just becomes a part of your daily life and just how you take care of your body now, right? Kind of going back that this is the manual for your body. That third week, I go into the third step, which is expansion. And this is expansion where we can grow expansion into joy, expansion into healthy anger and boundaries and learning how to keep that growth manageable so that we're not doing too much too fast, no matter what we're doing, whether that's a therapy process or a detox for our liver, it doesn't matter too much, too fast. And we're going to be triggering that trauma response. So those are the three steps that I walk people through in that 21 day journey in that order, because that is the essential sequence to addressing and changing this trauma response. I'm curious to know, can you give us an example of what one of those exercises would look like? Um, Just, yeah, I would love, I'd love to just give people a taste for what that is, because I think that this is very tangible for most people. And sometimes this work can feel intimidating because we're afraid, honestly, of what what might might happen. I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm not immune to that at all. Like there are certain things, like you said, like going to counseling or therapy, like that can be stressful because we're, we're digging under, under some layers of things. And, you know, and, and I even like the, the counselor that we work with, he was like, you're basically like going in and, and like opening up old wounds. Now we want the wounds to heal, but we've got to be able to address them and it's going to be a painful and it's going to hurt in the short term. And that's not comfortable for most people. So I want, I would love for you maybe just to like share because I'm personally very curious, but I also want for people to feel that this is something that they should and could lean into and access without it 
without it putting, because if they're in that place, like I'm, I'm picturing, like if you're in that place where it feels heavy, it's like, do you really want to get up and do any more? Because you feel like it probably hurts enough to just exist. And this is for me, one of the saddest things that I see is people going into therapy because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like we know that we have these wounds. We know that we need to heal them, but yet we're going in and we're doing it the wrong way. We're actually going in too much, too fast, too deep, too fast. And it's not supposed to be that way. And so we do things very, very differently in the 21 day journey. People are used to diving in deep and maybe having these, you know, like big emotional expressions and crying it all out. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what, that's not the goal here. If that happens, that's different than we're going to try to make that happen. Then that's the goal. And that's how we're going to measure that something happened here. No, no, we do small things. We do small micro things that start to create a felt sense of safety. And then the more time that your body is in that safety zone, then you're going to start seeing changes in other areas of your life. And you're going to start connecting the dots. And you're like, oh, oh, I've never been able to do that before. Oh, I've, I've never responded in that way before, or I've never not responded in that way before. Wow. So this is what happens when my body is actually starting to feel safe. So if you're, yeah, if you're willing to do a short exercise with me, I'll lead you through one of the exercises in the 21 day journey. It's yeah, I would called, love that. It's called the push away. And so, uh, first of all, let me just ask, um, can you identify any area of your body right now that feels tense, that feels tight, that feels uncomfortable, um, in any way, in any way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll <laughs> listen, if you're listening, we're just going to, we're, we're, we're going in, we're holding hands doing this together. Yep. I mean, I definitely feel like it's in my neck. That's your just neck. Me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and where in your neck and what does it feel like? Uh, it's like my right shoulder into my neck and it just feels tight. I feel like it's just, it's like my, my right shoulder is in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's do this exercise and let's just see what happens. Let's get curious. Okay. So if you want to lift your arms up and for those listening, you're going to be bringing your arms up and bringing your hands just as close to your shoulders as you can. Yep. Now what you're going to do is you are going to pretend that there's this huge boulder in front of you huge and so heavy that you've got to like lean into it to push it away. But I want you to push it away. So I'm like digging my feet into the ground, right? Like you see me moving around, like, cause I've got my feet squarely on the ground because I'm going to dig into the ground so I can push this boulder away, but it's going to go really slow. All right. So I'm going to start pushing this away. Go ahead and get started. And it, oh my goodness, it's slow. My arms are fully engaged. My muscles are very engaged in this. I am pushing this older away. Oh my goodness. And I'm going to go all the way out until my arms are fully extended. And when they're fully extended, when they feel ready, you can just drop them in your lap. So my arms are fully extended now. They needed just a few seconds and now they're ready to come down into my lap. And there's a deep breath for me, a spontaneous deep breath. That's different than breath work, you guys. So in this type of work, we don't control our breath. We use our breath to measure changes that are happening in our nervous system. And so a spontaneous deep breath, something that I did not control, but just happened spontaneously. That's a sign that our system just shifted more towards that parasympathetic. 
And I saw that you had a deep, spontaneous breath with that too. Yeah. And so what do you, what do you notice in your body right now? I feel, I feel way more relaxed. I, that is really bizarre. No way. I know. I'm not even kidding. I hope everybody that's listening, <laughs> if, if you're not driving or holding a child or something like that, that is really wild. I do actually isn't feel wild? like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like, I just set down like heavy dumbbells after doing a set yeah. and it's just like your body's just kind of loose. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. How's that neck pain? I know it feels really good. I mean, it feels, what? I feel like normal. Like I'm not all bound up on one side. So what? I know. Yeah. I'm so glad we just did that exercise. I don't know that I've ever done that on an episode before, but it felt totally appropriate. So <laughs> thank you for walking through that with me. Yeah. And, and what I just want to point out is that so many people think that this work requires us to think about things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're using our mind to focus on our body. And we're just going to do what's called somatic or body exercises, different movements, things that are very, they seem very simple. They seem very basic. And yet I can feel that they're making a difference. And we didn't have to analyze the story of what happened to you. We did. That is really cool. Isn't it really cool? speaks to volumes to our brain and the power that it has over our physiology. Um, it Because there's so many instances where by thinking and visualizing and using visualization, you can shift your body into a completely different state. And it's pretty powerful if you think about it. I mean, even with, I mean, if you even think about meals, like I'm just thinking about a meal, like you can, your body can start producing enzymes just by thinking, even if you didn't have the smells of it, if you can think about it, you may even feel hungry. Like all of these things can happen physiologically within your body just by visualizing in your brain, like a certain experience. Hmm. And I want to add to that, creating a felt sense of safety, creating hmm. a felt sense of safety around eating, creating a felt sense of safety around food, that this is nourishing me, that this is good food, that this is my friend. This is not going to make me sick. This is not right. But, but actually creating a felt sense of safety in all areas of our life. Yeah. I think I think there is a lot of power in putting words to that and thinking those things over our body, speaking life over things, even if you haven't, you have not felt it in the past. The more that you concentrate and focus your energy on the I'm sick mentality and I can't have that and I can't feel that because you haven't in the past, it will keep you in bondage from ever feeling freedom from it to experience anything different. So I think that that's a really, that practice alone, just bringing awareness to that is so valuable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just described the trauma response, right? That mentality of, I can't. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a person in the trauma response. That's cool. So I'm curious, you know, in your home and you talked about um, your son and how you do these, you know, practices, like, because I feel like this is something that once you really find freedom in and you find what this feels like to experience this security and, um, and safety, this sense of safety, what are you doing or what's, what is the culture, the climate in your home so that this is a part of you? This is a part of your household, a part of your family, because there's a lot of people where it's like, okay, well, my, my spouse needs to do this. Like, <laughs> like we may have listeners that are like, 
this is for me, but I also know this is really for this person in my house too. So what's a great, like, are there ways to do this? Like with, uh, like, is it solely something to do together? Are these like practices and rituals that can be done together? Like, what is your experience? What have you seen with people that are trying, we've got multiple people all with trauma responses, all living under the same roof. Like to me, that's an implosion. So what's a takeaway there of maybe how they can bring this into a household where you've got a lot of people working through a lot of heavy things? Yeah. And and that's true, right? Like you get a bunch of people together. They all have trauma responses. (laughs) None of them feel safe. And that's a recipe for disaster and a lot of pain. And there have been many people who've gone through the 21 day journey, both of them at the same time. And I've even seen parents go through it. And then they come back and say, I just taught and I just did this exercise with my kid. And this Mm -hmm. is what happens. Kids seem so much more uh, open to these kinds of exercises because I don't think that they have as much judgment around this as being like, well, that's stupid. Why would I push away a boulder that's not there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Kids are so much more open to this stuff and they love it, especially some of the other exercises where we bring in some jaw movements it's been a lot of fun. And so usually what I recommend people do, and certainly what I do is I start my day and whoever's in the house, uh, I do my own work first. And so I do at least a few minutes of just my, my own work, because I don't want to even be around other people until I've got my energy set and I'm in a good place. And then we do it as a group. And it's just like, this is our conscious decision that this is the energy that's going to be in this house today. Again, these exercises don't take long at all. They can be 60 seconds. They can be two minutes. Doesn't have to be long at all. And then throughout the day, what I am constantly aware of is when something happens and I can feel my system start to lose that place of feeling safe, I pause and I'm like, oh, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to go there anymore. Remember, we're not going to go there anymore. I am okay. I will be okay. And let me do some exercises to get back my sense of safety. And then I will address the problem. And what I find is that the more that people can do that, it breaks that habit that we've had of running our life so fast with no pauses, with no breaks. And then we start to build that in so that you're creating a five minute buffer now between meetings, you're creating buffers, you're creating pauses, you get somewhere and you first do an exercise before you get out of the car, or you do an exercise when you get into the car before you start driving. Like you're just constantly doing a quick check-in with your system being like, ah, we need a little safety or we need a little support or "Mm, we need a little joy right now. And you have the tools to know how to create that for yourself. You're not waiting on life to bring these opportunities to you. It's a huge game changer. And you start to feel so much more empowered in you creating the life that you want. This is huge because we always talk about preventative medicine. Like how do we make our bodies more resilient? And I'm just sitting here thinking this is foundational. Like if you can't access this, if you can't get to a place where your body can heal, then you are going to be constantly chasing and fighting symptoms. There's not enough herbs in the world that are going to save you from this. You've got to be able to get your body in a safe place so that it can be repairing damage along the way. Like the stressors are coming. There's no question about it, but being in tune, being able to have access to what our body's experiencing, feeling connected to that is going to give us the space to do the work, to support our bodies, like you talked about. And I think that's where we get in trouble 
And that's where we see this perpetuation of disease, even for people that are really healthy. I know so many people, they're incredibly health-minded. I mean, they live like the cleanest life ever, yet they're always struggling with something. And it's like, there's got to be something else here. There's got to be a missing piece that is just not being evaluated or acknowledged or addressed in their life. So I think if you're looking for longevity and resilience in your body, like you cannot escape the impact of this type of work. Yeah. I mean, this trauma response is your basic survival mechanism. And so if it is set on, I'm just helping you survive rather than I'm helping you thrive because we feel safe, it's going to continue to drive symptoms and conditions, no matter what you throw at it. And you'll always be chasing the next symptom that you're developing. Wow. This has been so fascinating. I hope that if you've listened today, that this is Uh, maybe just giving you a window into a world that maybe you haven't thought of before. And I, for one, absolutely want to do this 21-day challenge. So can you let us know where we can access this? Because I am very excited about incorporating this and even getting it in our household here too, because I think it is really, really important. And I think it was really interesting that you said how kids are are so inclined to do this. And I think it's because they, they are children. Like they have this childlike naivety about them, but it's, it's not silly. It's not, they don't have any of these like perceptions of it being weird or, or just not socially appropriate. They think like, this is a, this is a fun thing to do. And I think that like, how cool is it to be able to pass that down as a part of their childhood? Like how different could their health look if they adopt these things and they start to see the value in that and they're connected with themselves in that way from such a young age? And if a parent hasn't done this work, it's kind of like, you know, the pattern is there, whether you see it or not, the pattern is there. And even if you try to prevent it from affecting them, it's going to affect them on ways that you're probably unconscious. And so unconsciously, we end up passing on our own wounds rather than our wisdom. And so this is that, this is the way to change that and actually be able to pass on our wisdom and help them be better versions of us rather than just passing on the wounds that we have in our own system. Yep, absolutely. And you even said that in the beginning and you said something like, you know, I didn't think I had any traumas or I didn't have anything like my childhood seemed good. Like I didn't, you know, there wasn't, there weren't parents that were, you know, missing or absent, or like, there's just a lot of, uh, emotional abuse or physical abuse. Like sometimes we think like, oh, well, if we had childhood trauma, like it was really bad. Like things were, things were not good, but we all experience them. It's just, and, and we carry things with us. And I think that's where we start to see breakdown. And all of a sudden we think, you know, why, why are we having these problems? So that was a really thing, interesting uh, point that you made earlier. So Okay, well, let's give a recap, summarize where we've been, where people can find you, how they can access these learning tools, these resources that you put together. I love the work that you're doing, and I know so many of us could benefit from it. So where can we find the 21-day journey and all of your other resources as well? They can head over to traumahealingaccelerated.com. And there they will find other resources. They will find some guides, uh, steps to identify and heal trauma. And they will also find information about the 21 day journey there as well. I would be honored to have them join a group that I lead through that journey. And then the recap would be, oh my goodness, we've, we've covered a lot. We've, we started really with the difference between stress and trauma. 
and being able to see that, oh, like we actually experience more trauma than we've thought. And this is how we recognize it. We can actually recognize it with how our body feels, the heaviness, the low energy, the thoughts that we just don't want to do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. This is just too much. Life is too hard. And then we can actually recognize it by our physical health and the symptoms, the conditions, even our diagnoses that we're having. Those are all clues, windows into the nervous system. And is the nervous system spending more time in this trauma response than what we've thought? And then what do we do about it, right? So we talked about what do we do about it? Well, we've actually got to walk it out of that process of how we got there. And the first step is establishing a felt sense of safety. And even though a person may not even know that they don't feel safe, that's the place to start and creating those experiences for yourself so that you know what that feels like. And then you can create a new reset, a new, a new baseline for your health. After safety needs to come a felt sense of support and then a felt sense of expansion, safe expansions. And many people make the mistake of doing too much in therapy and it's not safe. And they put themselves back into a trauma response. And so we want, we talk about safe expansion and I teach those three steps, the safety, the support, and the expansion in the 21 day journey. And again, they can find that over at the website, traumahealingaccelerated.com. That's amazing guys. Definitely check it out. We'll make sure that we link all of these resources in the show notes. So if you're listening, come back to those so that you can plug in with her and access some of these tools. I know that they're going to be incredibly helpful for you. Um, Dr. Amy, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a fantastic conversation. It's encouraged me. It's enlightened me in so many ways. I feel uh, very empowered to, to step into some of this and I'm excited to put it into practice in my own life. So guys, thanks for tuning in on today's episode. Make sure you link up with Dr. Amy, head over to the Health Institute, leave us a review, a comment on this episode. I hope that it served you and we will see you next time. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.